So, the here and now, reflecting, remembering that place is here, the time is now. So this reflection is, is helps to uh, compose your mind, a sense of presence, rather than of somebody trying to do something or feeling caught in compulsive uh, tendencies like feeling that you've got to get something or develop or cultivate or become. So this mindfulness is like remembering, like in the morning puja, that these are reflections, Buddha Dhamma Sangha, reminders. But the point of it all is, is here and now. Because this is all there ever is, is here and now. Experience is always now. The past is a memory, the future, the unknown. So always remembering that wh- what I- reality is now, it's not something you'll find in the future. Nibbana is now, it's not some desired goal that you hope to attain uh, in the future. So contemplating the, the perception of time, you know, just notice how we believe that time is our reality. What happened in the past or the future is where we're going to attain or achieve or fail or die. But it's always experience is always now <coughs> thinking is now memory arises and ceases now worrying about the future or hoping or dreading the future is a condition that arises now One of the, like in uh, the word sati, translated as mindfulness, like recollecting, recalling now. Not, you know, you're not recollecting uh, your past uh, from a personal level, but it's sati, uh, sampachanya's ability we have to. Remember, time is now. 
So this is a, a skillful way of remembering reality. Because, you know, we forget forget it and get caught up in our <coughs> memories, thoughts, emotions, opinions and views. So it's a it's like a way to stop just uh, proliferating endlessly and and creating you know endless complicated things in your mind, conditions in your mind by trusting in a so in a sati sampachanya. Intuitive awareness, intuit, using the word intuition, like in. Like with sati and sampanchanya, we have this, you know, we're not focusing on on some opinion or view coming from some premise or some uh, assumption we're making. It's a very direct knowing of the present, recognizing, realizing the present. You know, so the the thinking mind always comes from uh, from some from some kind of doctrine or position of some sort, and uh, therefore it, you know, you you uh, you start from something that you get from somebody else, a belief in something, a dogma, a doctrine, or an opinion that you you hold that you favor. So I remember, you know, having experience like with born again Christians, how they they tried to, you know, they they have they come from from a belief in God. So they they kind of their arguments come from that belief, you know, they can kind of make a case, a logical case for the existence of God as they perceive that. Or a scientist, you know, come from some some position, something, uh, you know, Darwinian theory or whatever, you know, the, whatever you choose to grasp, <coughs> then you can make a case for it with your, you know, with your thinking mind. But when this is intuitive awareness, so this is this is outside the thinking mind. Remember, thinking is a function. It's a limited function of our mind. It's a condition we acquire. So that this is sati sampajanya, intuitive awareness. I I notice the sound of silence. I'm aware now of any kind of mood or emotional uh, energy that present, there's awareness of it. The body sitting, breathing like this.
in Pali, they, they use the word jitta usually for consciousness. Uh, in Thailand, they, they, they talk about the jitta. So this vijnana, um, but in Thai, vijnana usually has a scary quality, usually what they, when they talk about ghosts. But in English, uh, consciousness is fair enough. Or, or using the Pali word jitta, jit. So, like Ajahn Chah's uh, constant reminder was watch, watch your mind or watch your jit. Do jit. And this is, this is a puto is uh, the knowing, the one who knows, the knowing. And it's uh, also the the uh, Buddha's name, the Buddha actually, Bhutto. Then watch your consciousness. Be the be aware of the of the mind, of the heart. So this is. What this is doing, these are skillful means, ways of using language for uh, reminding ourselves to pay attention here and now, not to, you know, solve all our worldly problems and relationships and uh, that, you know, on this retreat. The point here is to observe, be the knower, be the knowing. The one who knows is not good either because it's like there's somebody that knows. There's knowing. Now this is how language, you know, how to... Because language can really get confusing. But we're getting beyond, say, the one who knows. There's nobody that knows. There's knowing. So it's put in that sense of knowing rather than I become somebody who knows something. Now, I know that the problem is in trying to figure this out. What is the jitta, the consciousness, the one who knows, the puto? I mean, because we can get tangled up even with the simplicity of the terminology. Trying to figure out what to do. And so this, this kind of confusion or frustration or whatever, it can be observed, you know, there's, Trying to trying to figure out what is he talking about, or what should I do next, or whatever you know, whatever your, however, you know, the mental process that you're experiencing now. It's like switching on the light. You know, suddenly you you observe it rather than just get caught up and carried away by your maybe feeling confused or doubtful or uncertain. So this does take, you know, like patience, uh, patient endurance, willing to, to bear with uh, mental states that we generally 
don't want to be bothered with. We don't like to feel confused or, <coughs> you know, we like to have clear directions. Uh, people oftentimes don't like this kind of meditation because it it's confusing for them. They'd like clear instruction, do this now, and then when you've attained this, then you'd go on to the next stage. Because this is how the thinking mind works, you know, kind of recipe for meditation, stages uh, where you can attain, you know, you start out in beginner's stage and then <coughs> you advance and you you know, it's, this is this is what, you know, like going to kindergarten and first, second. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you start out in university, first year, second year student, third year student, fourth year student. Now this is, this, this uh, structure of thought is, uh, you know, is, 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 you know, is not reality. It's merely a, a conditioning of the mind. So that awareness of thought, of feeling, it's like this feeling or whatever I'm feeling now, whatever, you know, don't need to even find a word for it, but it is this, it's like this, or the breath or the, the posture of the body is like this, the pressure of sitting, the hands, the feet, the back, and Observing, noting, it's like this. So in the reflection on consciousness or the jitta, it's a, you can't, you know, it's not a, an object that comes and goes. It's it's a presence. So the aim is to be this presence. Recognize like this rather than doing something to become mindful. As soon as you try to become mindful, you've lost it. You know, I've got to d become more mindful. It's still the self-view. I'm someone who's not mindful and I've got to practice in order to become mindful. So listen to that, that kind of assumption we make about ourselves, about whether we're mindful or not mindful? Am I really being mindful? Or am I just fooling myself? 
you know, doubt, the third fetter is doubt, which is kita. So, so doubt always arises to try, always arises through trying to think, figure it out. You know, like we're trying to figure out: Am I really mindful now or not? How do I know? It's doubt, isn't it, in the present? I'm not sure whether I am or not. And this, this is this is this sense of not knowing, being uncertain, wanting to wanting certainty is. Vichikicca, or doubt, created through attachment to thought. I mean, it's so easy to play games with ourselves, you know, and delude ourselves with our thinking mind. It's like uh, one of the questions last evening was a, are you an arahant? <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, if, if I say I'm not or I am, it's still, you know, the sense of I not being something or I am this. Am I really mindful now, or am I just, is it, you know, am I just, uh, I'm not certain whether I'm really, this is mindful. I'm not sure this is exactly what Ajahn Sumedho is pointing at. Tell me, Ajahn Sumedho, am I mindful? (laughs) 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 No, you know, it's so easy to want to, uh, somebody else to tell us how to practice when we're, when we've got it, when we don't. <coughs> but it's continually throwing you back on, you know, into the present, not not creating, not going along with the game, with the with the habit tendencies. But an uh, encouragement to trust in awakeness. Simple. The complexities arise around thinking about it. So these terms, like when we chant in the the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, these are the blessed one's disciples. <coughs> these, uh, this means like the Sotapanna, Sakata, Kami, Anakami, Arahant. Now these are stages, they're not people. They're not personalities. They're, you know, they're not to be grasped as some kind of attainment. Or people, you know, will say, is, is so-and-so an arahant or is so-and-so a sotapanna? And have have you attained stream entry? And on and on like this. This is like, this is missing the point, isn't it? 
if there's no self, there's nobody attaining anything. So if I, you know, if I claim uh, that I am such this kind of, I'm somebody who's attained stream entry, that's proof I'm deluded. But also to say I haven't, is the same thing. And that the whole I am thing falls away and drops into the void. Because there's awareness. Remember when I first started practicing meditation, I was reading the Visuddhi Manga, and and then there's this statement that says there is the path, but there's no one on the path. Nobody on the path. There is the path, but there's nobody on the path. And then my thinking mind thinks nobody can. Uh, no, there's nobody. There's no more stream enterers or arahants or anything. You know, I guess it's just there is a path, but we just can't get on it anymore. Now that is, that's the result of a of an American uh, mindset, because you know you want, you know how you want like we go to a country like Thailand, you you know you think who's 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 on the path? What teacher? Who's an attained teacher? I want a, you know, I want an arahant for my teacher. And so you go in the expatriate community in Bangkok, you know, 45 years ago was full of views and opinions about who was attained and who wasn't. You'd meet other expatriate Europeans in Bangkok and say, oh, Buddhadasa, he's, he's the latest, uh, in those days, 1966, he's a l- or Ajahn Mahabua, or and then the Abhidhamma, Ajahn Neb was a big name at that time, and uh, she was really a know-it-all, you know. <laughs> then there's so it's uh, you know this this um, there's there is the path. So, so this is like awakening to the path. The path is awareness. There is this. But if I say I'm on the path, then I've missed the point, isn't it? It's not like, like uh, I'm not trying to create myself into somebody anymore, but seeing through the, you know, breaking through that illusion of self. So isn't it enough? There is this statement: "There is the path," and that's that's the that's the joy of. There is this path. There is this. <coughs> there is this awareness. There is consciousness. And so then it it's more of a 
uh, pointing at rather than saying who who is on the path and who isn't. That's a matter of opinion, isn't it? Or view, you know, whether you you know you 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 know people have various views about who who's attained and who isn't. Or this other statement, like that, I that I really love in the uh, scripture is uh, there is the uncre uh, unborn ati ajatang. There is the unborn. Now that's you know there is the unborn, uncreated. Uh, unformed, unconditioned. So they, they use these four terms, ajatang, aputang, akatang, asankadang. So, so this is like, now these, you know, you can't, <coughs> there is the deathless, in other words. There is nibbana. There is the unformed, the uncreated, unborn. Now you can't imagine this. You can't imagine the unborn or the uncreated. So then you you stop trying to imagine it and figure it out with words. You just recognize there is a statement. It's a fact. This is a fact. This is not some kind of metaphysical abstraction, you know, some kind of metaphysical doctrine that Buddhists believe in. The Buddha isn't asking us to believe in that there is the unborn. It's, it's a matter-of-fact statement, there is the unborn. So this, this awareness is the unborn. And then the born, and then it, then it says, if there was not the unborn, uncreated, unformed, un unconditioned, there'd be no escape from the born, the created, the formed, the conditioned. But because there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned, there is an escape from the born, the created, the formed, the conditioned. <coughs> so, this, like, since this statement, it's a, f a matter of fact statement, it's not a belief, not a theory, the unborn Uncreated is a fact. Now, in terms of now, uh, this is this is a reflection, not a doctrine. I'm trying to teach you, but but <coughs> uh, it's through this awakenedness, observing this puto knowing in the present, and we, re we, we you know through reminding yourself of this, and you. He said, recognize it. Just like sound of silence. How many of you notice sound of silence? And you're trying to find it. And Ajahn Sumedho talks about sound of silence. I, don't know. I spent, you know, the whole retreat trying to find it, and I can't, still don't hear it. <laughs> you know, there's some, you know, because you're trying to look for something. You're trying to find something that you, you hear about. Sound of silence sounds like something that, and then, and then the words themselves can be confusing. Like a sound, you're trying to, you're looking for a sound of some sort. 
So it's it's not a matter of trying to find the sound of silence or the unborn, but letting go of of the conditions that that keep you bound to the conditioned, to the born, the conditioned, the formed, and so on. So this uh, this uh, the reality of letting go. And it's more like relaxing, opening. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. But it's this this a uh, a simple attentiveness, a patient listening. Observing what does the kind of conditions that you are experiencing, not from a critical mind and judging them as good bad, but they are like this. So if if you feel if you feel emotionally confused, it's like this. You feel peaceful or confused or dull, bored, restless. It's like this. And through willingness to receive and acknowledge these conditions, then you're not you're letting go of them. It's through through awareness that you're that you're that letting go happens because with awareness, then we, you know, it's like you you're attached, you you cling because you don't know any better. You're just caught in clinging. And it's your habit, force of habit, and your reality and sense of self, and is all through clinging, through attachment to conditions. So there's these things. There is the The unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. <coughs> now the ego is conditioned, isn't it? You know how how the you know there is a, a there is an ability to escape the ego. We're not just helpless victims of the ego, in other words, or the conditioning. You know, so there is the there is anatta or non-self, unborn. So the sense of a self of being a person identified with the body and uh, and memories is is a creation. It's created. It's formed. It's a condition. So. And it's born, you know. It begins and ends. The sense of yourself is comes and goes. But that which is aware of the self, you see. So we're not. It's not an annihilation of the ego, but putting it in its proper place. It it's dependent. It is what it is. But it's no longer. It's no longer where I operate from. I'm not operating from the ego. <coughs> this is not my modus operandi. 
what I start from is what I think and feel and and then uh, that's my that's how I experience everything is through my the sense of my separate self because when you you know we create suffering you know the sense of myself as a separate personality takes me to to suffering every time it's very kind of vulnerable and shaky and you know I can be offended I can be threatened by life I can feel all kinds of things on the on the ego level you know but in on terms of the unborn the anatta then this is the refuge this is this is this is a fact that you recognize, you realize it's reality. So what the Buddha is pointing to, Nibbana, isn't some kind of airy-fairy, refined, special state of attainment. You know, that's, that's where we get it wrong. It's not something remote and uh, terribly kind of precious. But it's, it's real. Uh, So this takes this this patient uh, observing, noticing, awakened attention in the present. 